we know as entrepreneurs, that's not how we get paid. We get paid for delivering value and results. Hey friends, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. This is your host, Eric Malzone. And this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and, and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you want to find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey, and you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because, hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show. Let's get on to it. Ken, my friend, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. Happy birthday, Eric Melzone. Yeah, today is my birthday. Uh, How are you? Good, man. One year older, apparently. Uh, yeah. So there's that. I'm officially, uh, without question, in my mid-40s now. So <laughs> I'm in my early 40s. I'm officially smack in the middle of my, my 40s. So that's exciting. Uh, I thought I'd be wiser by now. But, uh, you know, we all, go at our, we all go at our own rate, right? Yeah. Well, you're pretty, you're quite a bit wiser. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's an interview for my wife, I guess. We could bring that one up. But I don't know if we want to do that one. So I'd like to hear that one. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Man, I, I'm I'm fired up. You know, we we always talk about our clients at level five mentors and entrepreneurs and you know where where people get stuck. You know, I I get asked on other interviews too, like, well, what do you help entrepreneurs to do? I'm like, well, we get, we help them get unstuck and we use, you know, perspective. We use, um, experience, uh, we use, you know, our, our own failures as kind of stepping stones for them to be more successful. But that being said, one of the things that we really help entrepreneurs do is get out of their own way. And, you know, I just had this conversation with Ali this morning too, about, you know, how she manages her time, what she's doing with it, what product productivity actually means to her. And there's a lot like, what does that actually mean, right? We should define that first. So let's dive into it. When, when we talk about helping entrepreneurs get out of their own way, what does that mean to you? Yeah, well, I think there's several, several things that they could be doing that makes them stand in their own way. One is being reactive, which means not having a plan. They, they don't have a plan for their day, their week, their month, their quarter. So they're not really working towards something. They're often just working towards solving their problem of feeling stuck. By being, you know, and then they, they don't know how to get unstuck because they're stuck. And, you know, I, I think it starts with realizing that you aren't managing your time and intention appropriately you're working on things that are that are beyond your capability and you're asking how do i fix this instead of who can help me fix this um, is another critical component and then not knowing really what it is 
that they do well? What is their unique ability, zone of genius, or whatever you want to term it? What do you do well, and why are you not spending at least 60% of your time on it? Standing in your own way looks like spending 80% of your time doing things you're not very good at and things that you don't like to do. I think that's, for me, what it sounds like to stand in your own way. Yeah, and there's a lot to unpack there, right? I think if, and we can, maybe some of this is best explained through story. So if you have anecdotes of, you know, personally or, or with clients you use, please, you know, drop them on us. And I, I look at when people get in their own way, they get stuck in these cycles, right? So they feel that, you know, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, but if I do it harder or if I do it with more hustle, if I do it with more repetition, I can get myself out of this, which is hard to see when you're in it right? When you're in that cycle, but when you're out of it and you have someone who has different perspective, you know, it's easier to recognize and, and then helping people get out of it is, is sometimes as easy as like, Hey, take a couple of days off. <laughs> uh, but how, how do you help entrepreneurs recognize when they're in a cycle of, you know, a, a spin cycle, I guess, as you could say, that's, that's not really helping them get anywhere. Yeah, you know, it's. <laughs> I think uh, in the in the early stages, when you when I recognize that they're in that cycle, is I just shine the light on it and I ask them questions about how they're going to fix things I know they can't fix, because what I want to illuminate is even more frustration, so that we get to a point where they're like, "Screw it, I got to do something different." So that's sort of step one, and then. I'll take them through designing a, a time and schedule system that allows them to be more intentional about how they spend their time. And then we'll go through, we might even get them to do a Colby test to understand what, you know, what they're sort of designed to do well. It's all in an effort to define what their unique ability is and then de develop the time that they spend pardon me, spend working, um, that they work at least 60% of their time in their unique ability. So they're only doing things that they have a lot of passion for, that they have a lot of energy for, and that the things that they don't like to do, aren't good at, have no energy for, um, are then delegated to people on the team, if they have a team, that are passionate about the things that you're willing to give up. There's, and, and every entrepreneur, every business owner is going to be in a different place, right? And obviously the reason that it's called a unique ability is because it's unique to you. But you know, you're going to have business owners who are kind of a one, one person shop, right? Just getting started where they have to do a lot of these things. And then you have ones that are sitting on top of multi-million dollar businesses that are trying to get from, you know, two to 10 million in those. How, how do those differ or do they differ in your opinion? I don't think they differ. I, I think the accelerator for some, like a solo practitioner, entrepreneur, the accelerator is understanding what you do well and spending as much time as you can there. Understanding your time value and then when you can, beginning to bring on people in those lower value roles that you can afford um, first and then kind of growing your way out of that. But the, but the difference between the two that you described, solopreneur and someone who's going from two to 10 million, 
really doesn't differ much. Uh, you know, the the unique ability thing is so powerful. When when you have a team like someone who might be in the two million dollar range of a business that's profitable, um, understanding the unique abilities of each of your team members as it corresponds with yours is exponentially more powerful than it would be for the person who's going it alone in the early stages. That would be the big difference, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, we talked about being reactive versus proactive in your business. And I think a lot of that comes back to time management, right? And how you set your schedule to create intention in what you're doing and, and being able to take a step back. How, how, how does managing your time and your intention break you free from the reactivity cycle and getting you into a proactivity cycle? Well, if your intention is to only work on creative endeavors, maybe a new product or service that you're developing that's not currently generating a lot of revenue or any revenue, and you have the intention to work on that on a Wednesday, for instance, the likelihood of other things leaking into your intention that day is very much minimized. And then if you communicate your intention to others who you are working with, then everyone begins to adopt that intention for that day and they come to you with things that are, that are more centered around what you are designed to work on that day. So you could have, you know, those creative days that are scheduled. You could have uh, focus days that you're, you're, you're really scheduled to only work on items that are currently creating revenue and that, you know, if you reach out, you do a little more networking, you pour a little more gas on the fire, you know, the result of that is increased income. Those are, that's another type of intention um, and, and something, again, you can communicate to others. And then the most important day and most important intention is when to stop. So when do you take a day where you don't do anything that feels like work so that you can rejuvenate back to, to a creative state and be excited about going back into uh, either creative days or, or focus days? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Can you, uh, is there an example in your mind that we can roll through? I think it's always great to hear a story about this, that someone's actually applied this. Yeah, I, God, there's, there's so many. I mean, it's, it's a principle that we teach for sure to all of our clients in the early stages of our relationship. So I know that Sean Pastuch of Active Life doesn't work on Fridays anymore. He only that's a that's a free day for him to choose to do whatever he wants to do so long as it doesn't feel like work and i think you can often see him playing with his kids and um, enjoying some alone time with his wife or even just going for a run for him his own self and he's grown that from fridays now saturdays and sundays um, sunday afternoon he sort of seems to start to turn back on that's when i tend to start seeing communication from him. And then Mondays, he is back into sort of a focus mode. He's working on 
you know, reaching out to clients and, and, and staff members, only working on things that are specific to revenue generating opportunities. I think that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is a, is a day that he returns to creativity. Um, so he starts to work on, on new, new initiatives. He's communicated this with his entire team of the types of things he's willing to work on in those days. And those team members' intentions line up with his so that they get a lot more done in those days. Um, that business, without giving away any trade secrets, is, uh, you know, it's, it's on the path to more than doubling this year. And it, it's only accelerated since he's decided to take more time for free days um, and work less, uh, but get more work done when he does work. Uh, it's so counterintuitive for people. Just even this morning when I was talking to uh, Allie Meeks, one of our clients as well. So uh, shout out to Allie. She had heard us in a webinar last week talking about time management and she really wanted to address it today in our call. And we went, we laid through this whole format. And most importantly, we talked about, well, what do you do on those? I think free days and focus days are more, are easier to understand and implement, right? Free days, you just don't do anything that feels like work. Focus days, you do everything that you currently do that's transactional, keeps the business going from meetings with clients to whatever service it is that you, um, that is the core of your business to sales, to prospecting, all the things that keep the wheels going. But on those buffer days, that's where I think it takes a little bit more faith. And the reason I say that is because you got to have faith that if you leave space to think creatively, to ask different questions than you're already asking, that that is where the true difference is made. So when you talk to your clients about buffer days, right, which is the days in between free days and focus days, how do you tell them to approach those? Do you give them guidelines? Do you give them questions to ask themselves? Like, what do you, what do, you do with those? I kind of put it into a sports analogy and I break it down like this. The things you're going to work on on buffer days or creative days are similar to a farm team in the NHL. They haven't made the big leagues yet. There's still a lot of practice going on. You're still making some mistakes on it. It's not currently, you know, uh, the players on that team are not currently you know, at the level that, you know, they're, they're ready to go to the NHL. The NHL team and it, its activities are, that's, that's your focus day. You're working on those things with those teammates that day. The buffer day is all farm team activity. The things that are starting to come up, they're getting better, you're learning more, you're still making mistakes. Um, and you're trying to turn them from farm team to NHL team. Does that, does that, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Definitely for Canadians, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I think people, anybody who understands uh, the rankings of most professional, amateur to professional sports will get it. Uh, yeah. there's, there's a question too, which you've probably heard me talk about all the time. But two of, so two of the books I gift the most are The Go-Giver with Bob Berg, which we've talked about. Numerous times, right? Big fans of Bob and yep. the Go-Giver. Uh, the other one is The One Thing. 
And I try to implement this question as much as I can because my big buffer day is Monday. I had set three hours apart just to be creative and think strategically about what I'm doing. And asking this question is so powerful to me because it just opens up my mind to outside of what I'm doing. And I get stuck just like everybody else doing the same thing week after week, hoping for a different result, right? Which we all know is really the definition of lunacy. And there's a lot of lunacy in entrepreneurship, but asking the question of what is the one thing I can focus on this week? What is the one thing I can do this week that will make everything else easier or unnecessary? And easier, that's a little bit not be redundant, easier to digest. Like, well, okay, that's, you know, maybe handing something off to someone in my team or working on my schedule for the week to, to optimize it or planning that, you know, um, time in the morning to get some movement or meditation or whatever it is to get your day set straight. But the thing to, but the second part of that question of, or unnecessary, I think is one of the most powerful questions. What can I do this week that makes everything else unnecessary? And sometimes that comes down to, and it's, it's a huge question to ponder. And sometimes you should do it while you're walking or, you know, away from things. So you can really, whatever puts you in a creative state, because maybe it's that one phone call right? To a strategic partner. Maybe it's, you know, uh, an automation series that changes everything or whatever it may be. You have to think creatively about it. But do you ask yourself questions like that on your buffer days? Or, um, or are there specific ways that you put yourself into a creative state? Yeah. Because of what I, how I spend my time these days, I feel like I'm always having to be in a creative state um, because I'm constantly trying to help others solve problems and that requires a lot of creativity um so i feel like a majority of my days are buffer days and i and i you probably know this because you work with me a lot um i I struggle on focus days because it's like I, i know that i need to get x thing done i have to write some content for a curriculum that we're building out for a workshop series that we're about to announce. And it's a struggle for me because I'm, I tend to always be in this creative state and I struggle getting into the focus state. So for me, answering the question of how to get into the creative state, it's, it's kind of the opposite. How do I get into the focus state is, is more my challenge, but it's, it's really setting yourself up with a, a, an SOP for how you start your day and, and make sure that when you're starting that day, you set your intention for that day. And I'm not good at saying, Oh, well, the first part of my day, my intention is going to be this. And the second part is going to be that I'm good at setting one intention. And if my intention is to focus on those items that I need to that are currently um, opportunities, then I'm, I'm pretty good at getting to that point. And, and again, it kind of goes back to this time management thing, Eric, like my Fridays used to be clear and that was my focus day. My Fridays are full and they're all creative endeavors that require, that require my creative mind. Right. So I've, I've said this a number of times recently that I got to get my schedule back so that, because I'm missing something. And just even in this conversation, it's becoming more clear to me. That's the struggle that I'm having right now. Which, you know, is, is also, thank you for, for bringing up the fact that we all struggle with this consist- constantly, 
right? Because you, it's, it's an ideal that you strive for, but you're rarely ever hitting it, right? When it comes to time management and equal percentage, you know, the exact percentage of time and energy you want to put towards creative endeavors and, and then focus days and all these. It's just an ideal and it's a framework that you strive for as you're, you're pushing forward. And it's, it's so interesting to see how you can get out of whack in any different direction, right? For a lot of people, for most people we work with, just not taking enough free days is number one. That's the large majority. You know, if, if, you're a, a, if you're someone who's in business for yourself, you probably have a certain level of anxiety that you ha- realize you have to be self-starting. But that can also be a downside for you because you, you'll just work too much and you'll think, well, if I'm not working, then I'm not moving forward and you know, my business is going to fail, right? That's kind of what goes on in most entrepreneurs' minds. I got to go, got to go. And then the hustle and the grind. And one of my favorite recent uh, conversations I had was on the other podcast, The Future of Fitness with Max Shank. And he talks about how we have this badge of busyness, is what he called it. And then the certificate of suffering is like with two, with two things that people are seem to be proud of nowadays. It's like this, we wear this badge, people ask you, how you doing? Oh, busy, man, just busy, you know? But why do we do that? Why does that seem to be something that we strive for as an ideal? And then also the certificate of suffering that people seem to put on themselves of like, well, the more pain I put through myself through, then I must be getting somewhere. And uh, neither of which are true. And I don't know where they came from. Well, I, I, you know, I think putting yourself through some challenging times is, is what is called the learning environment. And you don't stay in it. Hopefully, you don't stay in it very long. Um, otherwise, you're crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, the 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 thing is, is back in the I don't know when it was, 40s, 50s, the time the time economy came upon us, right? Like the nine to five, five days a week, two weeks of holidays every year. Like we put all those terms on people, and people began to value their time. And they got paid to do time. We know as entrepreneurs, that's not how we get paid. We get paid for delivering value and results. And the, the higher the, the value and the higher the results, the more money you make. Um, so if you're delivering a lot of value all the time and you're constantly increasing your audience and influence on that audience, the return of value is huge. And it, it grows exponentially every year if you just stay focused on it. If you're focused on, well, I want to move from, I've run out of time, uh, and currently I'm, you know, I, I make a hundred dollars an hour, and now run out of time. I'm going to raise it to two hundred dollars. Well, you can raise it to a thousand dollars if you want, but like, there's an end to that game. It's not, you know, don't be, don't get caught in that time economy. Make sure you're in the results-based economy. That's, that's where the real sweet science of entrepreneurship is. And I, I, you know, like you've already mentioned Bob, but I'll mention him again. Bob Berg speaks beautifully to that in his book, The Go-Giver. He does. And it's, it's really interesting you brought this up because I was actually thinking about it as I was driving yesterday uh, about you know, time versus value economy and how, um, you know, a great example would be, you know, a project that, uh, 
you know, I worked on um, last year for a large franchise company about, <clears throat> you know, they said, well, you know, I want you to develop this, this system, this, this talent funnel, right? And I literally, they want to pay me by the hour to do it. But then I realized all of the experience of the last 10 years of my life made me apt to be able to do this, write this out within an hour, right? right. Now, is it worth one when is it worth more than an hour of my time? Yeah, it sure is. It's worth a lot. But if you're putting that into um, you know perspective of the time economy, then you know it's a screaming deal for them. But for what they actually got, the value was there. And and looking forward, that's a you know a mistake that I will never make again. Uh, right. And I think a lot of people do it. You know, they they think that. The time economy tells them that will, you know, I'm worth, this is worth one hour of my time. No, you're forgetting about all the experience that got you to where you are and why that person wants some of your time in the first place. It's the results. It's the value that you're bringing them. And if you set, if you allow that parameter to be set that, hey, I get paid by time, then you're going to get stuck in a trap that's uh, just not a good place to be. Man, you and I, I remember you and I sitting on the deck uh, at my house, looking out over the mountains and river and trees and all that stuff and having that exact conversation about your experience um, in the world of podcasting. Mm-hmm. I said, the work's already been done. You don't, you don't need to reinvent anything. You've already got the experience. And, you know, you're, you're set to be able to see value returning. It's, it's a, it's a constant lesson to be able to look back over your, your, over your work, sometimes your life's work, sometimes just the last 90 days, sometimes to the last hour to, to remember that where you've come from is what brought you to where you are, where you're going is an unknown we can have a general sense of what we would like to see happen, but it's the path that you've already walked that gets you to where you're going. I agree. I agree. And it's uh, it's an interesting thing and it's a big concept for people to wrap their head around. Sometimes you need to actually talk it out with someone. And I think that's where, you know, uh, a mentor or a coach or someone that you can fight in um, that has perspective that's not in it with you, you know, someone who's not in the day to day with you is really critical and, and to find those people in your life is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think as we kind of wrap up our thoughts for today into some actionable items for the people listening, I would say, number one, you know, if you feel like you're stuck, right, that maybe what you're currently doing isn't getting you to where you want to be now, you know, you've gotten to a certain point, then a couple of things. I think you're going to need some outside perspective, right? Uh, number one, you're also going to need to take a hard look at how you spend your time. Um, and from that, the standpoint of, are you taking time to rejuvenate the creativity and then asking yourself the appropriate questions and setting the right intention to look at things differently? Uh, and that, that's really important. And then that goes along obviously with perspective from somebody outside, like a mentor, and then also checking out how are you actually producing value for people? Are you stuck in a time economy? Is it an hourly thing that you do? 
uh, or are you using all the value that you've produced over your lifetime with experience and failures and wins to appropriately value yourself in the marketplace that you've chosen? Uh, I think those are, are really big key takeaways. You think I'm missing anything there, Ken? Um, yeah, I, I, the, the thing I would add about outside influence um, and finding a a person that you know that you respect, and I think the big thing that they bring to us in times of you know muddled clarity, if that's a thing, you know that that overwhelm of too many things, don't know where you're going, um, is is they bring you a sense of optimism. If they really believe in you, their job is to be optimistic with you and for you and and understand and be empathetic with the idea that, yeah, things kind of suck right now. It's really dark and difficult, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I can't tell you how far it is away and when you'll get there, but I know it's there and together we'll get there. Awesome. Beautifully said. I think we'll wrap it up right there. Uh, yeah, it was good stuff, Ken. I appreciate you coming on. I enjoy these conversations. And uh, once again, people, if you have more questions, you know, we're, we're here for you. Uh, you can just go to our website and you can book uh, some time with one of us right there. It's free. Uh, we love talking to people. We love having these conversations. We absolutely love helping people get unstuck, uh, including ourselves, right? We're <laughs> we take our own medicine all the time. So um, yeah, take some action, do something about it, get some perspective and, and we'd, we'd be more than happy to be those people for you. So Ken, thanks again for coming on. Uh, it's a pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, we'll be having you on again soon. Thank you, Eric. And uh, go have an amazing uh, free day after this for your birthday and you'll be with your lady. And I think you said you're going to go to a gun club and have some target practice. Yeah, why not? Have a great day. Yeah, thanks, man. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Eric Malzone. Don't leave yet. I have a few more requests for you. So if you got value out of this podcast, I ask you to do a few things. Number one, go to wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe to the show. Number two, while you're there, if you feel that we earned it, please leave us a nice review. Number three, share it. Whether it be social media, email, texting, whatever it may be, I'm sure you know somebody who would get value out of this episode just like you did. So please go ahead and share it. And that's how we get the word out. So it's really valuable and super appreciative. It only takes a minute of your time. Next, if you know of somebody, including yourself, who would be a great guest for the show, please head on over to level5mentors.com, L-E-V-E-L, the number five, mentors.com. Get in touch with me. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, make an introduction, whatever it may be. You can also get me directly in my email, which is eric, E-R-I-C, at level5mentors.com. Lastly, if you just want to chat, you want to find out more, if you want to expand on some ideas, I love hearing from the audience. So go ahead and hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You also have my email already. So I love to hear from you. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show and I'm always looking to have great conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Diamond Podcast and you can expect a lot more from us.